and we're back. It is March 9th. We are recording, Kelsey. Uh, it is Thursday, March 9th. We are, oh my, there's so much going on. But like, as we were just talking about, there's no like top story to lead with, I would say, uh, because we have college basketball going on. It's conference tournament week. We have spring training in the World Baseball Classic going on. The Players' Championship is going on. Less than a month away now from the Masters. Um, there's so much happening, and I don't know what to start with. I guess we're going to start with, Kelsey, the fact that Aaron Rodgers may be exiting the division just in time for the Bears to have the number one overall pick. I think that's pretty big news. I don't know about you. Uh, yes. Uh, we were just chatting right before we started recording about how um, he might be a Jet. A New York Jet. Jet. <laughs> Aaron and the Jets. Yeah. Okay. No. But, <laughs> no, I, I I got it. I got it. Um. You, you just yeah, you just decided my intro music for this episode. Hey, look at that! I do what I can. <laughs> um, we we sing it to Ben a lot. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I know Kevin has been so excited about this draft that literally, I think he may have completed a couple thousand mock drafts. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Like I, I am prone to hyperbole. I still think he's probably completed several thousand at this point. Um, and it's not even, I mean, it's March. So this yep. has been going on for months. Um, so to have that kind of excitement anyway, and then to have your kind of big threat in the division exit politely, um, politely, that's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, I've lost a lot of interest in Aaron Rodgers over the years. I assume a lot of people have. I don't think he gives a shit. Um, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so is. either. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I used to think he was kind of cool, and now I think he's a bit of a, a diva, and or just I don't know. He's just not my favorite. So yeah. I'm not actually that sorry to see him go. Well, I think it's I think it's less people losing interest and more people being turned off by his drama queenness. Fair. Um, Fair. You know, he's made this whole thing about going to his darkness retreat and thinking and meditating about what he's going to do with his Mm -hmm. career, and and we're like, bro, you got sixty million dollars coming your way. Mm -hmm. Like, just make up your fucking mind and let's let's move on. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing Brett Favre did. It's to the a Packers. little much. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So and it's... maybe it's just the poor Packers, but you know, when you have that kind of power, I don't feel bad for you that every fifteen years it goes south. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we we could name at least ten starting quarterbacks for the Bears in between the time that. You know, Aaron. Rod- well, more than like if you take if you take the time that uh, Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers have been the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, we could name maybe twenty Bears starting quarterbacks to have started at least one game because you know uh, it's it's been unreal. But um, you know, you mentioned Kevin and his mock drafts. Um, do any of his mock drafts have the Bears drafting a quarterback number one overall? I'm certain there have been thousands of them. I'm sure <laughs> that this is, has happened. Um, but what he what he likes to do, I think, more than anything, is kind of like trade away and just see like what could I get for this number one overall pick. Sure. 
And that is super interesting. Like, because we don't necessarily need quarterbacks, quarterback, um, which is what the number one is kind of all about and what kind of value that holds. Um, So I think that's been at least some of what he's been doing. Um, I can't, I don't think, I mean, again, I'm certain it's happened, but I also know he really likes Justin. He thinks Justin has a lot of potential. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see him just being like, meh, no. Right, <laughs> right. There's so many more needs. Like, why would you do that? That's and that's sort of personal opinion, but I also think he probably shares that opinion. Well, so. yeah, there's, there's lots more needs, and um, you can get something for that number one overall pick and still address a need. Like, and we talked about this before. Like, why would you want mm-hmm. to – why would you want to trade away your quarterback who you know can play and start again yeah. at square one with, yes, he's going to be the number one overall pick if you decide to take a quarterback, but, you know, it, it's your, it's an unknown, right? You, yeah. you, you just yeah. never know. I mean, there's been countless stories of quarterbacks who have been drafted number one overall and done absolutely nothing in the league. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my thought is, yes, you have a quarterback. He may not be the best quarterback in the league, but – um, you know, you, you, I don't think you can, I don't think you can go back to square one with, uh, with the quarterback position with an unknown basically. So, um, I think Kevin has more faith in Justin Fields than you do too. No, I, I I'm does. all in on Justin. Like, I think he's, but I think he's like, not that you're not all in, but just like, I think he really truly thinks that Justin Fields could be like the best quarterback in the world. Sure. Um, and so we'll just how we feel about that but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's there's lots to be seen there's like there's lots to be thought about debated um I'm glad I'm not Ryan Poles because I feel like it's almost from a, a an organizational standpoint it feels like he's uh in the catbird seat and mm. can do no wrong with this because if you draft someone based on need great if you trade away and get more for it great but if something, if anything goes wrong with this scenario, the Bears fans are going to be down his throat. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah. from it's not a good place to be <laughs> right. in that respect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's, totally. he's he's probably the envy right now of every general manager in the National Football League. But is he? Because like, if something For goes a wrong, hot yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, how'd you fuck this up? Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You had the top selection, right, which you could draft somebody (laughs) or trade it away and get so much back for it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I I think Kevin and I are in agreement that they should not trade Justin. We've talked about that already. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they get for it if they start a bidding war. Um, Free free agency also happens before the draft. So, you know, the Bears have all this money to spend. You know, what will they do? What can they do? What positions will they look to add um, that might tip their hand a little bit when it comes to draft time? Like if they if they add a defensive end, if they add wide receiver, you know, is it is it going to be an indication of what they will do come draft night? So um, fascinating puzzle to put together, um, and still so much left to be decided. So um, the springtime is going to be a lot of fun, I think, around here. What, what are you most looking forward to, sports-wise, at least, for, for spring and summer? Like, oh, your, your six-month outlook. Yeah, what's okay. The, what's the, 
the end-all, be-all. Sure. Well, in the immediate short term, it's college basketball. It's college basketball's time to shine. These next, mm-hmm. well, this next month, really, uh, because we're right in the middle of conference tournament season. Uh, in fact, Ann and I got tickets tomorrow night to go see Indiana play in the Big Ten tournament at the United did Center. Did you really? We did. We did. So, um, you guys go. <laughs> My goodness. So uh, this will be the second time in less than a month that we've seen them um, in I person. I was going to say, because you went to Northwestern. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So the Big Ten basketball season has been absolutely crazy. Outside of Purdue and the bottom of the league in Ohio State and Minnesota, I mean, we went into um, the final week of regular, or the final day of regular season play, which was this past Sunday. By the way, uh-huh. happy birthday, friend of the podcast, Steve. Um, yes. yes. That was yes. this past Sunday. Um, we went into, and I say we, Indiana went into that game on Sunday in which mm-hmm. they, they ended up winning against Michigan. They could have been the number two or three seed with the win, or they could have been the number seven or eight seed with the loss. And okay. I mean, the middle of the Big Ten was just a, ma- a, a ridiculous traffic jam as far as who was going to finish where. So um, we were kind of lucky in the sense that um, Indiana finished third uh, behind Purdue and Northwestern, which is interesting okay. because they beat Purdue twice, lost to Northwestern twice. Um, but anyways, finished third. And they're going to play the later game tomorrow. Um we are recording. It's 8.45 on Thursday. The Illinois versus Penn State game just finished not too long ago. We were hoping Illinois actually won that game because then they would play the first game tomorrow night against Northwestern, which would have been cool. Okay. Uh, and then Indiana would play, but uh, Penn State won that game, so we'll see. Uh, I'll actually be rooting, rooting for Penn State in that game. Um, I think it's an easier matchup for Indiana but uh, in the next round, but we'll see. Um, and then, of course, next week, NCAA tournament gets underway. The best two days on the sports calendar, that Thursday and Friday. Uh, so that's the immediate short term. Okay. I have to ask why that is so much better than further on when the competition is better. Uh, just because of the volume of games. There's 16 okay. games each day from 11 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. It's just like, it's just Rapid like fire. sports, 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 sports. All around, and awesome. and the magic That's of so the, the magic of the NCAA tournament, like the one loss defeat, the one loss scenario. Yep, feel. yep, single game scenario. Okay. Yep, um, and what they've done the last I don't know maybe six or seven years now, mm-hmm. where they have um, four networks. I think it's CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV. It's your annual Go Find True TV scenario. Um, <laughs> um, what? Yeah, so what they they broadcast complete games now. Whereas in the past, like growing up, it was CBS and nothing else. Yeah. So you yeah. got whatever regional game they were showing you in your local area. Mm-hmm. And what was really cool about that scenario, though, is if two games were coming down to the wire at once, they would flip back and forth, kind of like NFL Red Zone does. If you've ever watched Red Zone for a little bit. They'll flip back and forth between games, between plays. It made me a little crazy. <laughs> so CBS like, would... Like, no, I'm done. <laughs> CBS would do that between two, you know, close end-of-game scenarios. Uh, but now you can watch whatever game you want in full um, based mm-hmm. on their uh, providing four different channels. But they stagger the starts so that you can essentially watch the last 10 minutes of 
just about every game on the schedule in a day. So it's wow. I, I think it's pretty cool the way okay, they stack it. that is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being a draw for sure. Yeah. Um, um, and guess, to me, I kind of was thinking like the better basketball is coming later. Oh, sure. No doubt. So like, why is it so... I also think to have that, but I also I think that college basketball has gotten better to the point uh-huh. where these mid-major teams that used to like their Super Bowl was just making the NCAA tournament. Now mm-hmm. some of these schools are are winning games and making it to the Sweet 16. Even um, you know, as what two or three years ago, a 16 seed finally beat a one seed. Um, that had never happened for a long time, so. Uh, that had never happened in the history of the tournament before. Uh, I think it was Virginia lost to a 16 seed three or four years ago. So, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a great tournament. College basketball, there's so much parity. There's no great team, uh, meaning any one of those four one seeds uh, that get revealed on Sunday could lose as early as the first round. I mean, anything can happen. So, um, and as a fan of a team that is safely in the field. This week, conference tournament week, is so much less stressful than it was a year ago for me, <laughs> being a fan of Indiana, because uh, in the Big Ten tournament last year, we needed both of those wins to get into the NCAA tournament. This year, we're mm-hmm. safely in the field. We're projected to be a four seed, uh, which means we're going to match up against a 13 seed. I feel much better about the placement this year than I did last year. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's fun. And then we have the World Baseball Classic and spring training going on. Uh, there's great golf going on. The Players Championship I mentioned off the top. Uh, the Masters coming up in a couple weeks. So, uh, and then you get into, um, you know, not really a fan of the NBA, but the playoffs, both in <laughs> both in the NBA and the NHL. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Like six months, uh, an even shorter term than that. Call it like three, four months. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. to look forward to in the sports calendar. Kentucky Derby is right around the corner. Uh, believe it or not, and uh, I did want to touch on that a little bit because there's, you know, not su- not a super clear picture yet, but um, I have an early Derby favorite, and not exactly going to wow. be moving. Well, I'm not exactly going to be moving mountains here with this Derby pick. Okay. Not even a pick, but like I, I watched uh, this horse named Forte, like Matt Forte, but just Forte. Um, like not my for not my Forte. Exactly, exactly. Now. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last fall at Keeneland. Uh, but we know that the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile doesn't always go on to have a stellar three-year-old season. Sure. So he's already won uh, the Fountain of Youth Stakes. I think it was just this past weekend. I would imagine okay. he'll get one more race before the Kentucky Derby. I think he's already safely in the field. Um, I looked on the, there's a, a website called Horse Racing Nation. Uh, that I okay. pay close attention to, and I know Kevin knows of as well. Um, they've mm-hmm. got him ranked as the number one Derby contender right now. Um, the way he's won won his races, um, he'll sit, you know, two three lengths off the pace, swing wide, and make uh, just one giant run, which is I think a perfect running style for the Kentucky Derby. So um, okay, so er- that's your pick. Well, early pick. Early pick. Yeah. There's, early pick. Yeah. I don't want to. I get it. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't the, the horse um, who was favored at two to five in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile um, has yet to debut for his three-year-old season. Um, ah, okay. So, you know, remains to be seen about whether or not Forte will end up being the favorite. But, um, yeah, 
been impressed with that horse. I'm curious what um, happened. I'm assuming we missed it entirely. The Pegasus. Did any anything happen to the Pegasus this year? Um, that would have been what last last month. Yeah, so the Pegasus. And I, we didn't talk about it. You might have talked about it on a week I wasn't on, but no, I don't. I, so I don't know. the uh, the Pegasus World Cup. Let me pull up the results here. Um, so I feel like like that's sometimes an indicator of not usually Derby necessarily, no, it, right? Because because the age of horses, right? But like yeah. you usually get some buzz or some feel about like just what what's going on in horse racing yep. off of that. And right. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe we kind of missed that a little bit. Um, well, I think it's, it's, it's such a weird time for horse racing because, you know, horse racing is technically a year round sport, right? There's always races sure. going on, but um, it really ramps up with the Kentucky Derby and, and the races immediately prior. Um, so a lot of January racing gets overlooked. Um, let me mm. look at the date of when this was. Uh, Pegasus World Cup 2023. It was it was won by Art Collector, which is a horse that people would know. Uh, those who follow the yeah. sport, um, that horse six years old. So yeah, this is definitely an older horse kind of race. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, even as I was saying it, I was thinking to myself like that's not really usually what we would use for for that indication, but still. Kind of curious. Yeah, and it's mid to late January, so what's, what's still dominating the headlines in the sports mm -hmm. world in mid to late January? It's the NFL playoffs. Super Bowl. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. So, you know, not exactly on our on our radar as far as being a major sporting event um, outside true, of the, the horse racing world. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. I will yeah. give us the uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the Dubai World Cup should be about um, this time of year as well. The Saudi Cup was a couple weekends ago. That's like a $20 million race. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there are yeah. things moving and shaking. Yeah, there were there were a couple right American now. horses who went over for the Saudi Cup. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about Kentucky Derby Trail right now. Um, I, I'm hoping to have Joe on again like we have the last couple years. Um, awesome. We'll start, uh, we'll start communicating with him here soon and, and try to plant a seed to have him on because – that's uh that's one of my favorite episodes we do every year is is talking about derby contenders. Yeah. Well, you've already got yours picked, so you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, but there's going to be 19 <laughs> others that we have to consider. I mean, Kelsey, remember Rich Strike won the race last year. He was an also eligible who got in because of a couple scratches oh, was man. 80 was something to 1. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. And so, you know what? Yeah. I get, I got to give Rich Strike credit because while he didn't win really any other races of note the rest of the year, he held his own and proved that he was not, you know, just sort of a flash in the pan. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I know that going up to the actual race, I feel like I changed my mind dozens of times. Oh, yeah. You could, you could not, play out. It's not uncommon for me to, I mean, I know you, because you're crazy like my husband. <laughs> Do all your crazy fucking stuff. And you you might change your mind a hundred times. But I feel like uh, even somebody as, as not invested as I am will we'll change it a dozen times. It's such a wild card event. There's really no... It's the most unique no, race. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's the most unique race in, in American <laughs> horse racing, for sure. 
Um, yeah. I feel like yeah. I changed my mind more actually from a handicapping perspective. I feel like I okay. changed my mind more about Breeders' Cup races because interesting in Breeders' really? Cup in Breeders' Cup races you could make a case usually for ninety percent of the field. Okay. In any one of those races, right? Mm-hmm. In the Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby, they they have this tradition of having twenty horses in the starting gate, but yeah. probably not all twenty of those horses really deserve to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and I tend to when I handicap the Kentucky Derby, I tend to throw out deep closers immediately because mm-hmm. of the racing luck that is necessary. Now, some years yeah. I get proven wrong. Um, sure. But, you know, I tend to favor those kinds of horses who are going to be near the front, if not on the lead, uh, in the Kentucky Derby, just because of the nature of the race. So um, I feel like I'm usually pretty decisive with my Kentucky Derby pick. Um, Breeders' Cup is uh, throw a dart sometimes, and you've got as good I, of a shot. I was thinking of the wrong thing. There. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think you and I should actually make a... Like a friendly wager this year, yeah. I think so should we should we like fill out a NCAA tournament bracket too? Probably for, for a friendly wager. I'm really not doing my my job as the co-host here. <laughs> but like, like of course the hosts of a sports show should do college. Sure. Brackets. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll do a friendly wager. Cool. We'll have I'm to in. decide what's. Friendly enough. We'll put it on our Facebook page. Friendly enough with, yeah, with enough skin <laughs> in the game. Yeah. We'll have to see. Um, I think, yeah, the brackets will come out on Sunday, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get them posted before tip-off on Thursday morning. They've made it difficult now with um, with these play-in games, um, and Indiana was actually in these games last year. So what they do is they take, uh, there's four games in total, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah, four games in total. They take four 11 seeds and match them up two by two. And they take four 16 seeds and match them up two by two. And then they play to get into the full bracket. Um, And that's been going on for past decade? um, Not quite with this 68 team format. Ah, Um, There have been 65 teams before. They would play one play-in game. Mm, That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, Sorry. I'm, I'm there now. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but with them including these 11 seeds, it is not uncommon for an 11 seed to go and win their first round matchup. So you have to wait until Wednesday night to complete your bracket. And, and you know, if, if you're a real college basketball uh, savant or fanatic and you know these teams like the back of your hand, and mm-hmm. there's an 11 seed in there who, you know, maybe fell to the 11 line, is one of the last four in the tournament. But, you know, you really like that team and they present matchup problems for the number six seed that they're going to face. I mean, you, you really do have to wait till Wednesday night to, to fill out your bracket. Whereas, you know, in the past, with the 65 team tournament, um, they would match up two 16 seeds uh, to play each other for the right to go play the number one overall seed. I mean... Yeah, yeah, and that was like okay, right, bye-bye. right, exactly. So I wonder, from a sports betting perspective, just mm-hmm. what that does with the money. You know, like okay, friendly wager. We're gonna wait till Wednesday night to fill out our brackets. But I mean, think about the 
intense amount of money, then that's changing. Although I guess plenty of plenty of bets or brackets or contests or whatever you're doing probably going to include those play-in games as part of the contest. So maybe I'm. I don't think so. Actually, I think I think the standard well, okay. bracket contest okay. just uh, would take into account the final 64 teams. So starting on Thursday. Mm, okay. So. And then, like, as far as Vegas goes with setting lines, they, they're they mm-hmm. so good at setting lines like that, they can do it almost instantaneously. I often wonder, like, how how do they do that? I'll, I'll have to ask those who would know. Um, you know, is it like a computer algorithm that can set lines that quickly, or is, or is there a literal odds maker maybe for every sport that will take a look at this and say, uh, yeah, Indiana by three and a half. Like what? <laughs> I gotta tell you, um, I I'm just gonna give a little shout out to my buddy Jack Lazowski, mm-hmm. who is the director of mutuals at Arlington. I may have said this before, either to you privately or, or outside. That man was fucking brilliant. I mean, he just the way that he manipulated numbers and he just knew his stuff. He knew when things needed to be done, and he knew how different changes would impact and how handle would I, I like, I I've never met somebody who, and this is going to sound really shitty. I was shocked by how intelligent Jack was <laughs> because he's such a like very normal kind of cool guy. who's just like, you don't expect to like be a genius with numbers. And then he would open his mouth and talk so intelligently about, um, really intense and complicated subjects yeah he was you know he's the he's the line maker right he's the guy who would do all that before there was all of the computers he was the computer um and that was wild and jack retired from the track years ago uh now but god he was amazing Um, it's like that was um, just a random shout out because i love him um poker players famously can predict or or can know their percentage uh, of winning a hand or how many outs they have immediately. Right. Um, when, when the flop comes, when the turn comes and then when the river comes, obviously when the river comes, the hand is over, you don't have any more outs. Um, but when the turn comes and you're on the diamond draw and the card is a diamond, you say, okay, now I've got seven outs. I've got eight outs. And they play the odds based off of that. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And I'm watching it go on the screen. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it totally for granted. And these people are like, no, actually, we have to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is for real. Right. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Um, Has there been any baseball viewing yet in the Lachlan household? Yes, we caught the very first spring training game. Does Kevin have thoughts on the new rules? Well, that was most of what they were talking about during the game. Sure, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> there was very it's, little it's, talk it's, of anything else. It's the, it's the big yeah. headline. Yeah, they, I mean, these Correct. are major yeah. rules changes. Um, you know, I think he had less opinion on it than I did. Um, I kind of thought it was cool. I, I think when I asked his opinion, because I did, I actually asked his opinion. I was proud of myself. Um. <laughs> He kind of said that the thing that he feels is making the most difference, obviously, is the pitch, um, the speed. Yeah, pitch clock. Because yeah. I, I said to him, yeah, I'm like, do you really think that these guys are as impacted as we 
are all making it seem like they are. And he's like, I don't know about everybody else, but the pitchers sure are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And and I wonder, you know, because it was the first, the, again, the very first game, you know, they were just getting used to it. This is their, literally their first time playing like this. And um, there was not an infraction, but just like a, like a clear kind of frenzy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't remember even who was pitching. Shame on me, but um, just a very different feel. And I think he and I both agreed that we liked it. As bad yeah, as that sounds like I mean, we it's, were like, "Oh, this is better." It's it's cutting <laughs> it's cutting time of game by yeah. twenty five minutes. I mean, that's that's significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't love that. Like I I think I think it promotes more action because in the limited baseball I've been able to watch. Um, it feels like guys are swinging more, um, mm-hmm. which may be a, a product of the lack of shift, which is another major rule change. Um, last week, I had Joe Brand on yes. the podcast, uh, and we talked about he, – he also you thought the pitch clock. You did this without me? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, it, it was a very timely time to have Joe Brand on the podcast because uh, I know we haven't even mentioned uh, the Blackhawks trading away Patrick Kane yet, but – uh, between we'll hockey, there. yeah, between hockey and baseball, it was like the perfect time to have Joe on. Um, but I feel like the the lack of shift encourages guys to swing more, and I think they mm. feel rushed by the pitch clock as well. Like mm-hmm. subconsciously in their mind, I feel like the hitters and they'll adjust to this. But I think at least in the early part of spring training, the hitters feel like even though it's a pitch clock it feels like there's a finite amount of time on there at bat, right? Like mm-hmm. I only get to stand at the plate for a minute and a half. And if I don't hit the ball in play in that minute and a half, then I'm going to be out. Um, mm. So and, and, like I said, they're going to adjust. It'll be fine. Um, but the lack of shift, I think, also entices players to swing maybe more than they would because certain batted balls are not going to be outs anymore that were simply automatic outs. Like guys could hit rockets off the bat, one hop into short right field at 110 off the bat. But there'd be the second baseman standing 40 feet into right field to catch it on one hop and throw him out of first base. Huh? That doesn't exist anymore. At least in this traditional sense, we're starting to see some teams play around with their outfield alignment. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll have the right fielder, um, stay pretty much as is. This would be against a left-handed hitter, right? They'll have the yeah, right yeah, fielder yeah. stay pretty much as is and maybe even shade over towards right center. They'll bring mm-hmm. the center fielder in to where the second baseman would, would have stood in the shift, basically 40 feet off the infield dirt in short right field. They'll move the left, uh, left fielder over into more left center. So they essentially have two outfielders, even though they, they really have three, but that center fielder is taken out of play not out of play, but, um, you know, moved into the, the quote-unquote shift. Mm. And they leave the lines open. Um, and they, um, they only have two outfielders really out there to, to, you know, chase after a deep fly ball. So they're trying mm. to combat it that way. They're trying to get around some of the rules there. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how it plays out in the regular season if yeah. it really does I was impact. Say, can, they, can they do that? <laughs> yeah, that's well, it's, it's following like, the rules. Yeah, so the there's no there's really no restrictions on where outfielders can stand. There just has to be three guys in the outfield. The infielders 
have to be there have to be two guys on either side of second base and they have to start with both feet on the dirt okay so you That's can't so yeah you can't rules. have that extreme shift right exactly okay. exactly um, interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I really hope it does promote more more balls in play, more action, because, you know, I, I will agree that baseball has the problem of, you know, we've talked about it a number of times, the three true outcomes, and that makes the game really boring, right? Walk, mm-hmm. strike out, home mm-hmm. run, you know? Yeah. Um, so faster pace of play, more action, more base hits, and we're seeing, at least in the uh, small sample size, more stolen base attempts, too, because they've made the bases bigger. So technically, there's a couple inches shorter between um, first base and second base, which with as many bang-bang plays as there are um, with steals, um, that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference. And see, I don't get it. I'll have to, I'll have to believe you. Because I think, you know better than I do. But I'm like, does it really make that big of a difference? Like, if does you, it? Yeah, if, if you um, wa- watch a baseball <laughs> See, game. so bad I know. <laughs> Watch a like, baseball are game. You sure? <laughs> um, and when you see, like, a close-up of first base, you'll, you'll look at the base and you're like, whoa, it looks like a pizza box. No, like, I saw it. They yeah. had, you know, they were, yeah. they were holding it up and they were showing it, but I'm like, does a couple inches make that big of a difference? I guess, yeah, really close place, I guess it does. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just sort of like, that. it seems to me like that one is the one that they're making a bigger deal out of than they have to. Um, and I maybe am like less worried about that one than other ones simply because I feel like it's done for safety and that makes perfect sense to sure. me. So I'm less that's, that's part of it, concerned yeah. Concerned about, yeah, the game and the impact i'm scratching my back uh, over here <laughs> so if you're wondering why i walked away just, it's uh, okay i can still hear you it's fine yeah, um, see, there we go i texted you the the meme i guess you'd call it mm-hmm. and, uh, and i'll I'm read glad this you brought that up yeah i'll, I'll read this to the listeners <laughs> um please do <laughs> this is with regard to really the pitch clock um and i'm not sure if this is a tweet or where this came from but at infield fly girl says, it's wild to me that we're materially changing the way baseball is played and experienced, and the only reason anyone can come up with, uh, with it be- is because it might make people who, are already, who already don't like baseball slightly more tolerant of the game length. Uh-huh. She brings up a really good point. Uh-huh. Um, now, at the same time, I will say that Yes, the people who love baseball are going to love baseball, but mm-hmm. they're getting older. Me, us, right? And we're only in our mid-30s, right? Are you calling me old? <laughs> I said me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you turn 36 mm-hmm. before I do. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, see how it is. Uh-huh. Um, but her point is, like, yeah, people who love baseball are going to love baseball. Yeah. What I'm saying is, what are you doing to attract younger fans? Because that's how your sport yeah. survives, right? Yeah, we I know, agree. We know participation in baseball gets less and less as kids get older. We mm-hmm. saw that even when you and I were growing up. Absolutely. I can only imagine and it's I worse now. Meadows, yeah, Meadows only has one team to field for the entire 
like every age group they just have one team they play against other like travel teams instead yeah. of yeah like and they're not even like what we used to consider travel they're just like okay well everybody had to go somewhere and right so, so there, like, like there's no house league anymore there's no house league baseball in rolling meadows in rolling like, meadows not really because what they do is they just go to other places like wow it is the house league but they don't have enough people enough yeah kids to field more than one team is it is so it bad to say that i bet they get their ass kicked wherever they go i yeah i think they have like decent coaches i remember okay. um when Polly played a couple of years ago they had some really some good coaches which okay. was nice um you know whether or not that's still the case i don't know because it was a couple of years ago now but I just think it's, you know, I think it's indicative of what's happening. Like you said, you know, we're not able to even field more than one team Yeah. for, you know, a, a town that used to have six. Oh, yeah. We well, kids. I think I mean, when we were like instructional, instructional league, minor leagues, so that'd be like first, second, third, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and maybe I'm misremembering because this is a long time ago. Sure. But... I feel like there were 10, 12 teams in our league with 10, 12 kids. Yeah, maybe. But point being, there were a lot more kids in the program. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's like, like, I think you were a kid and everything feels different when you're a kid, but I don't think you're nuts. And so I I agree with you. I remember Um, in Pony League, um, so seventh and eighth grade, right? Right before high school, Rolling Meadows fielded three or four teams maybe i think it was th- it was three it was three because there was like a weird playing you ended up right playing like one played two and then two played three and then three. Well, like, and we like, a... like to field or to join a league we joined up with palatine pony league yeah who had 10 12 15 teams i mean palatine's a bigger city but still sure. like i mean they had that well, many more teams three times the size of yeah Meadows. yeah um, I remember it being now, a big probably. deal when a Meadows team would match up against a Meadows team. Now that that was fun. Ah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what I think this quote reminder, this meme or whatever yeah, we're gonna call yeah. it, reminded me of a West Wing quote. Okay. Shocker. Because uh, everything reminds me of a West Wing. Natch. <laughs> and um, Amy Gardner, shout out to Mary Louise Parker, who's fucking amazing in that show is talking about how some of the polling data that they got was based on likely voters. And she said, when a third party candidate wins, it's going to be by unlikely voters. And she kind of said it like that was a good thing. And uh, Josh, who she's arguing with, who's played to perfection by Bradley Whitford. Yes, I'm plugging the show (laughs) as I go. (laughs) Sound like you're writing a Um, review. It's so good. Um, basically says like why are we giving out medals to people who are so lazy they can't fucking show up to vote <laughs> and because Aaron Sorkin wrote it it sounds better than that yeah. but like that's the gist of well, it well they couldn't like, swear either on West Wing right correct <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he says ass actually that was that's big I, for I when think, West Wing was yeah, on TV he doesn't call him Pansy ass, but he might call him like lazy ass, yeah, or something. And yeah, it's like kind of a big deal for network television in two thousand one. But right, um, but yeah, it, his point I think is well taken and is very much what she's saying, which is 
to a much lesser degree as far as stakes, right? Like you kind of do want to encourage traditionally unrepresented people to vote, right? Like you do yeah. want to encourage that because they have sure. to live under the, the laws that are right being developed, et cetera. So it's a very different, really, truly a very different context. But I, I laughed when I saw it. I was like, you know, Josh Lyman would agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we give a fuck? Yeah. Um, but your point is you need to. Yeah. You need to bring in the young people who I, I don't here's my question. We talk about this, I feel, over and over, you and I have the same conversation, which of course we're old. But like what sports are keeping kids' interest? Basketball. Football. Is that it? Football. Um of the major sports, that's it. Um okay. hockey's still very, very niche, even though it's considered a major sport. Um Yeah. We won't count hockey. So I, when, when I bring up hockey and, like, it's diehard fans, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that kids growing up, at least in, in our area, uh, in, in middle-class families, I think, um, I use the example of our, our buddy Sully all the time. And what he told me, I think maybe even as far back as high school, he told me this. Like, when he was growing up, his parents told him, you can play hockey or you can play everything else because hockey was so yeah. damn expensive. Yeah. So, um, yes. yeah, I think that's why hockey has such a bandwagon is the wrong word, but like a niche fan base, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. When the Blackhawks were good, the whole city of Chicago went nuts for them. Um, sure. But only the diehards have really stuck around now that the Blackhawks have been bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, we'll still turn a Hawks game on occasionally, but you know, even for, and I've always liked hockey. Um, I've never been an expert in hockey. Like I, and I'm, I wouldn't call myself an expert in other sports, but you know, I feel like I know a lot more about baseball and football and basketball than I do hockey. Um, mm-hmm. But I still, you know, we'll throw a Hawks game on every now and then, uh, even though they're bad. Um, <laughs> it, it's still fun to watch. We're going. Even though it's awful. We're going to a Hawks game in a couple weeks, so um, you know it's still it's still fun experience. Uh, it's still, I think, the best sport to watch live is hockey. Um, really? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a kind of a bold statement. The Should sounds, the sounds of hockey live, so much different than um, on TV. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, whether it's uh, like a tape to tape pass, like this, this mm. the sound of that puck hitting that stick is really loud. Um, and then like a puck shot in off the boards, you can really hear. I mean, the I, I sound like a nerd, but the noise, the sound yes. that goes with the sports. Um, you know, I, I think hockey is the best uh, visual experience in person, and it's wow. it's so fast that I think TV struggles to keep up sometimes. Um, even with okay. HD, like hockey before HD, I don't know how anybody ever watched hockey before HD TV. You're gonna laugh at me. The Fox. Are you gonna really bring up the Fox West Glow Puck Wing episode <laughs> <laughs> where they talk about hockey? In fact, I'm gonna find a clip for you. Please do because it's so good. Please do and because yeah, you're a fan of um, Animal House, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, God, the vice president on. Uh, West Wing is played by Otter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's 
what I knew him for. I've been in a bunch of stuff, but that's kind of right, like where I I go in my mind when I see him, Vice President Otter. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about how he can't really get behind hockey, um, because he likes to know like kind of what's going on. Yeah. And even the announcers are surprised in hockey. So like truly, you actually kind of need to use this as your audio intro. <laughs> I know that I gave you Benny and the Jets, but it's so good. His impression of a, of a hockey announcer being like shocked that somebody scored is so good, and I feel that way strongly. They should they I'm should be more sock- shocked in soccer that somebody actually scores because the amount of those games that well, end like true. zero zero, I'm like, how can you ever support a sport that ends in zero zero? Like, what the hell did you actually do for an hour and a half? Nothing. Do you think so? Okay. Uh, listen, I'll watch the World Cup. I'll watch the Olympics. Premier League soccer? Nah, I'm out. Okay. MLS? I'm out. Does nothing for um, me. Kevin and I were watching a soccer game. He randomly picked it up. And he was like, this is really good. <laughs> it's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, awesome. It's like, fast. If- it's going. Like, right. If America so came, came up with like an indoor soccer league, uh-huh. like professional indoor soccer league that was like 10 to 9 Why final indoor? score. But I don't understand. Why indoor? So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll expand on this a little bit. So in okay. college, um, there were several occasions where I went to play intramural indoor soccer. Okay. And you think of indoor soccer and you think of a big like hockey rink sized field right do you remember yeah. play it against sports or not play it against sports yeah. um do it all you remember do it all do sports it all. do it all yeah i was gonna say no i know <laughs> they had like a I legit hockey sized indoor soccer field hockey rink sized okay. indoor soccer field um however take that field shrink it down to the size of a basketball court put boards like hockey boards around it and play like four on four soccer some of the most fun I've ever had playing that. I would watch that. Huh. But 11 on 11, so, big pitch soccer? No. No thanks. Huh. Really? That's interesting because it, it seems less difficult in the small. Um, I don't know about less difficult, but there's just more action. I mean, how many times do you turn on a soccer game and they're passing the ball back and forth or they're flopping around like fish out of water or they're, you know, messing around with the free kick, and nobody ever scores a fucking goal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will I will give you that they are low-scoring games. That's what you said from the start. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. So is baseball, though, and I love baseball. Like a, a two This to- is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't understand. Listen, I tried. I tried to give it to you, but I couldn't. Uh, like a two-to-one, a two-to-one baseball game can either be the most – satisfying experience of your life or it could be the most boring experience of your life like a a two uh, yeah. a two and a half hour two to one baseball game i'm in good pitching good defense timely hitting a two to one game that takes three and a half hours no i'm out mm-hmm. and that's that's where baseball's problem is is you just yeah there's no clock on it so there's no there's no finity fin- you know what i'm trying to say finality finality yes thank you uh, there's no finality to it. Um, it's, I think that's what you were trying to say, but I don't think it's really the appropriate thing. We'll right. have to think of a better thing. For there's, that, there's but. no, there's no finite no time limit. There's no, yeah, there's no like it's, frenzy. 
54 well outs. Done. 54 mm -hmm. outs, right? However long mm -hmm. it takes to get 54 outs, that's how long it takes. Mm -hmm. And maybe more than that. You never know. I also feel, and I may have made this point before, that um, like basketball, live basketball. I know you're not a big professional right. sports. Uh, pardon me, professional NBA. <laughs> right, yes, fan. NBA, yes, thank you. You are a professional sports fan. I am. I did not mean to say that. Um, but I, I think that they do a great job of just like being entertaining when there's downtime. Yes. Like, there's always shit going on at the, at the stadium. And that's, I've only ever seen professional wise, I've only ever seen the Bulls. But I imagine that it's the same in other places. Like they've got it figured out. Yes. To keep people engaged. The game itself is very engaging, but also there's a lot of interesting things going on. And I feel like you just don't get that at a, at a basketball or a baseball game. In other countries, you do. Maybe minor league. I feel like minor um, league baseball may have a bit of that. Between innings, yes. But while the yeah. ball is in play, like you go to a Bulls game, there's music being played while the ball is in play. There's, you know, defense chants go, like generated by the arena. Well, Throwing fucking t-shirts <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a game. Someone yeah. might be, other than a free throw, right? They're like, actually, I mean, Ben sure. the Bull cannot be contained. <laughs> that guy's an unpredictable mofo. That's I why he's it. like the best mascot in sports. Like, legitimately, oh, he's like the best mascot so in sports. Great. It's amazing. I don't know how many Bennies there are. I feel like we should try to get one of them on the show, because I think there are probably like a dozen. Oh, yeah. Um, at probably. any given time. But we should try to get them on the show. But, but this um, is this is why I love college basketball, because mm. the game itself generates energy in the arena. Now, when I go tomorrow night to the United Center to watch Indiana play whoever they're going to play, it's not quite going to be the same. But I expect there to be a pretty heavy Indiana contingent there, uh, because Chicago has alumni bases for every Big Ten school. Um, sure. When we went to Indiana at Northwestern uh, a few weeks ago, it was it was basically a home game for Indiana. Now they didn't play very well, especially in the first half. So it wasn't until later in the game that the crowd really got going. But I mean, I I don't feel bad for Northwestern, but it must suck to play for Northwestern because almost every game you're playing at home, you you feel like you're on the road. Because yeah. whether Illinois comes to town, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, um, I mean, they're bringing their Chicago-based fans with them. I mean, it is almost That's entirely, the, yeah, it's almost entirely that the, wasn't the other color. Game, right? Oh, yeah, Indiana we lost by one. About this? Yeah, Indiana lost by one. I thought we talked about it and it was pretty close. I don't yeah. know if that was in person or if that was on the show, but yeah. I remember looking at it and being like, oh, poor Brady. <laughs> Such a close one. It was. It was. It was a rough night. <sighs> um, heart just broke <laughs> luckily luckily like i said earlier like indiana is safely in the tournament um when you look back on it uh they've had a really good season so um but yeah i think you know with college basketball the game generates a lot of the energy in the arena mm. um which is different from nba um and i'll say this like if you go to japan to watch baseball it's a very much college basketball-like atmosphere. There's noise happening. They're cheering. They're chanting while the ball's in play, like, uh, between pitches. Um, whereas... Which is why it's on the rise there and oh, yeah. down here. Right? I mean, that's the idea, right? Like, in it's, those it's countries, not. I wouldn't even say it's on the rise there. It is their well, national sport. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't say They like love that. baseball that's in rude, Japan. But... Yeah. 
Um, Mr. Baseball. Have you ever seen Mr. Baseball? Mr. Baseball. We talked about this. I don't think so. The movie Mr. Baseball. God, who is it? Who plays him? I can't remember. It's going to kill me. Not Mr. Um, 3000, right? That was Bernie Mac. No. Oh, no, no, no. This is an old movie. Oh, okay. 92. Okay. Oh, geez. Um, Tom Selleck. I was like, the guy with the mustache. <laughs> um, Tom Selleck basically used to be really great and is kind of over the hill, basically, um, for baseball standards. And so he's forced to, to play in Japan. Uh-huh. And cultu- culturally, he's not what they'd like yeah and it's it's a really it's a fun movie um it's you know probably not showing very well what baseball is now in japan um because it's from 92 so it's probably you know a little more dated as far as culturally how it's it is it's more about um his general attitude within japanese culture um but it was fun i recommend it it's worth seeing Speaking of baseball and international baseball, the World Baseball Classic started officially a couple nights ago. Um, mm-hmm. Team USA has their first game um, coming up on Saturday against Great Britain. Um, they have a pretty easy pool, I think, and which pretty much guarantees them getting out of pool play. Um, so it's, it's a very much like World Cup kind of format. But anyways... Um, <laughs> We got home from dinner last night, and we were watching um, Team USA play the San Francisco Giants, and Team USA got smoked by the San Francisco Giants. Oh, yeah. And this is, like, not um, any slouches on Team USA. This is, like, some of the best players in the sport. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, um, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, top-line players got absolutely smoked by the San Francisco Giants. I was like, I hope this isn't, like (laughs) – a sign of things Indicative. to come, right? You're right, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I, I looked at I looked at the great uh, Great Britain baseball roster, um, and I saw no names that I recognized. So I think they're going to be okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> um, have you uh, when you get a chance, Google um, the Czech national baseball team. There's this little okay. snippet that's like a minute and a half, two minutes long. It's a video of the Czech national team talking about what they do for their day job and here they are going to play professionally at this like world tournament oh yeah like school teachers um accountants marketing managers (laughs) i'm a marketing manager and i also play left field (laughs) they're like the the story of the tournament so far okay deal i obviously haven't paid attention but i will yeah for sure oh they look really fun (laughs) i obviously already Yes, clearly. clearly. Oh, look at that. Um, Baseball is gaining a foothold in the Czech Republic. There you go. It must be. They made the tournament. I I think they were like... I wonder what they do in between innings if they have the vibe of the... So it's interesting because you you mentioned that, but like college baseball has such like a a party atmosphere to it. Like with the teams, they have their, their rituals, they have their chants, they have you know, their celebrations. Um, Owen could speak to this a little bit because of the time he spent with Concordia baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, and now, yeah. That's, of course, that's not high-level D1 baseball, but, you know, they, they, they have some fun. Um, whereas when you get to the pros, it's very like, you must be professional. You must respect the game. You must, you know. Uh, I think that might have a lot to do with, like, the, right, yeah, 
the 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 real no fun league is is definitely Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, so. But if if you do happen to catch some World Baseball Classic stuff, um, see if you can catch some of those Japanese crowds, uh, and you'll notice immediately the the difference in Americans watching baseball versus other countries watching baseball. Well, and I think I've said this before, like chanting and softball was my least favorite part really? about softball. I feel like all the girls are all into that. Dude, do not make that generalization to me <laughs> ever again. I will end you. Ugh, it was just the most obnoxious. Like I can still, I mean, literally, if I am not careful, that shit would just get stuck in my head for days. I I could um, I could chant something right now, and it would you would hate me forever. So I, would I won't. Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that I have my privileges at your wedding. You do. That's all I have to say. You do. For now, at least. <laughs> um, but no, that was actually my least favorite part. But I just feel like there is a certain energy that doesn't have to be achieved necessarily by like chanting or whatever but like i think you hit the nail on the head at the end there where you said kind of guy have fun yeah doesn't feel like baseball players ever have fun it's a damn game why (laughs) why yeah like what's what's so serious about this like Like, i I know it's your job but one of my favorite parts about the the 05 um Sox team and i mean they won i get it it's more fun when you win of course i understand yeah but you know, the don't stop believing, the like, you know, the, they were friends, they enjoyed each other. And maybe because a lot of them were pretty young, that was part of it too. I don't know. But like, they just seemed like they were having a good time. Yeah. And I don't know what happened that I feel like that's not common anymore. And I just don't understand why. I've noticed, I've noticed this um, playing slow pitch softball. And it's not a true parallel, I don't think. But when your team and you like your teammates, you like hanging out with your teammates, um, you don't feel necessarily pressured to, uh, you know, hit a nine-run home run, which, as we know, is impossible. Um, <laughs> you just play better. You play, yeah. you play loose. Um, you know, you, you know the guy behind you. If you don't get a hit, the guy behind you is probably going to get a hit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, to this day, um, the best I've ever played over the course of a season. I played mm-hmm. with this team, and this is 2012, uh, like right before I left for Wisconsin and way before I took softball, quote-unquote, seriously. Um, seriously? I, well, yeah, like... You uh, absolutely take it seriously. <laughs> sure. I want to be clear. You are withdrawn with softball. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Sorry. It's okay. I, I played with this team, um, and I don't know. I batted uh, at least at the beginning of the season. They had me batting down in the order because I was new to the team and they didn't really know me. Um, but everybody on the team could play, and mm. I didn't feel pressure to you know come up with this amazing hit every time I came up to the plate. I batted Kelsey. No joke. I batted like nine fifty that season because what? Yeah, no joke. I I don't. I must have made like one or two outs the entire season because um, I just had no, I had no fear. Like I I went up there and I just swung and I apparently hit really well. Whereas, you know, if you're in a setting where you feel like, Hey, like if I don't get the hit right now, we're not going to score. 
that just puts so much more pressure on you and you know, you have a much higher chance of failure. So oh, I always say okay. like to this day, like it was, it was just a, a random rec team, but you know, when you have guys up and down the lineup who are going to hit, there's less pressure on you individually. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. So that was a fun, that was a fun little group for you yeah. that year. Yeah. Played and with I those mean, guys like that's once. The key, that's the key to being a kid and playing a lot of the time too. Right. Sure. Is you just like who you're playing with and kind yeah. of enjoying that. I also remember like very vividly just super hot days. Oh, like, sure. Just, like, oh my God, dying days. And like, I remember it fondly. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I don't know why, but I do. I remember it very fondly. It's so funny it's you like, say that. Oh. Like, I remember playing baseball as a kid in the middle of summer, July, August, whatever it was. And we loved it, right? We were outside playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd bring cold rags to the field, and our parents would make sure we had a cold rag on our neck when we came in from the field. Always the cold rag. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a very important thing. <laughs> yep. Cold rag. We, we go to play a softball tournament in July and August in 95 degrees, and we are dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what it is about getting older, but you, I guess it makes you less heat tolerant. <laughs> I, it, We had one guy who had to like back out of a tournament because he was having like a heat stroke. Um, that never happened when we were kids. Oh, I guess yeah. Getting old is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but it's better Clearly. than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, oh, I'd I'd be man. remiss, Kelsey, if we didn't uh, podcast uh, or, or do a podcast without talking about the Blackhawks trading Patrick Kane because yes, um, I recorded with Joe last Monday and. We knew that the trade was imminent, um, and I made mm-hmm. sure that when I recorded with Joe, I got the pod up as quickly as possible because I wanted our discussion to be relevant. Um, luckily, it was for like barely 36 hours because it wasn't long after the podcast launched that uh, the Blackhawks did, in fact, trade Patrick Kane uh, to the New York Rangers. And uh, actually, not long before we jumped on here, I saw he scored his first goal tonight as a New York Ranger. So, um uh. I, it, it was, it's kind of an awkward situation, right? Because Patrick Kane has been with the Blackhawks for so long, but also just this season in general, right? The the whole storyline has been, what are they going to do with Patrick Kane? What are they going to do with Jonathan Taves? I don't know if you'd seen, but Jonathan Taves has been battling like long COVID symptoms. He's been off the ice since the end of January uh, and hasn't I did played. See that, actually. Yeah, so they, mm-hmm. they haven't traded him because he's useless right now from a hockey perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. they, they ended up trading Kane... Um, he left the team. They were out West, uh, for three or four games, I think. Um, and he left San Jose to come back to Chicago because he didn't want to like play in a game and get hurt and not get traded. Cause he, I mean, you know, from his, his perspective, the Hawks are bad. They're going to be bad for a while. Um, he wants a chance to win another cup. Yeah. So he wanted to go yeah. get traded, go to a team that's contending, and it uh, looks like the, the, the Blackhawks were able to make that happen with sending him to the, uh, to the Rangers. So um, do, you, do you think, knowing all we know about Patrick Kane, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious to see what, what you might think. Um, okay. Are they going to retire number 88? No. Why not? I think the threshold of retiring numbers is too high. 
Well, when? When? Are you asking now? Not now, because he's still active as a player. Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, let's yeah, say... My, my answer is, like, if you're talking, like, now, absolutely not. Oh, of course, yeah. No. Um, but even if you're talking, like... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will. I don't know. I, I'm less impressed with him than maybe I should be. I think maybe I'm taking him a little bit for granted that he's as good as he as he is, and I'm just like, hey, he was fine just because the teams were so good. You know, he's playing with um, such talent around him mm-hmm. that maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Um, that's definitely possible. And until now, he spent his entire career with the Blackhawks, right? I'm right. Not crazy about that. No, yeah. yeah. Entire career with the Hawks. Yep. Yeah. So I guess. I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not giving him enough credit. Um, but those those feel just reserved for people like Michael Jordan. Okay. Now I don't know whose numbers are currently retired in the world of hockey. I don't know. Right. I mean, obviously, like a Gretzky. Sure. Yeah. Of, of course. course. Yeah. You know, like those people I know are retired. I actually have no idea what numbers are retired by the Blackhawks. Uh, um, I was just googling that actually. Um, I said I could give it some guesses, but I don't know for certain. Um, Marion um, Hosa is a name you know. Interesting. They they just did that, that this this year. Yeah, they just did that. Oh yeah, this that's year. right. That's right. I remember now. Sorry, I did know that. Uh, um, some older players who um, even like I don't know much about. Um, so I'd be I'd be surprised if you knew them at all. To be honest, Glenn Hall, a goalie, uh, he played nope. ten seasons in Chicago from fifty-seven to sixty-seven. Uh, yeah, okay. won, a, won a Stanley Cup. Uh, Pierre Pilat, cool. Uh, fifty-five to sixty-eight with the Blackhawks, won okay. a Stanley Cup. Uh, okay. Keith Magnuson, <laughs> Keith Magnuson, uh, thirteen seasons as a player, two as a coach. Um, did not win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Bobby Hull. Everybody knows Bobby Hull. Of course, um, yeah. Yep. Dennis Savard. So he was... Dennis Savard oh, was yeah. Patrick Kane before Patrick Kane was Patrick Kane. Yeah, so in this case, my answer is yes. I think that they are going to retire his number. I think I think they will as well. Um, and Stan Mikita is the other one who's uh, retired along and with... And him, him, I could have... He was probably the one... Maybe I could have gotten two. Well, yeah. Okay, I could have gotten maybe three off that list. What about uh, Tony Esposito? Does Tony Esposito that name ring a bell? For sure. Yeah, go- I would have guessed him, but yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I would say um, yeah, they're absolutely going to. Yeah. Um, I, and I, in that company, I think he deserves it. Oh, hundred um, percent. I I think what's going to creep into people's minds is his early career shenanigans off ice shenanigans um he was you know in trouble the first person to ever have no god no of course not no of course not you know (laughs) do you know bobby hull's history um that's what i'm saying right you can't i mean you can't just there was um just for that remember about a year ago maybe a little bit more um the blackhawks finally released their findings of the Kyle Beach investigation where he was abused and there's this cover up and probably everybody knew Patrick Kane was probably a part of that. Um, And so that I think tarnishes the legacy a little bit, but from a hockey perspective, he's considered one of the best American born players 
ever. So uh, three cups, Olympic team. So I definitely didn't give him enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> what you're telling me. Um, yes, they're going to retire number 88. Uh, just, just a matter of when. I would imagine. Well, why did you even ask then? Well, because I, I wondered <laughs> if you would think of the off-ice stuff. Um, you know, not being sure. a huge hockey fan. Um, I sure. wonder if, if that leaves a lasting impression in the casual fan's mind. Um, I just think that, um, I think that there's a lot of, I can't tell how appropriate it is to be, how do I say this? Um, I like, I like when people are held accountable for conduct. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's good and healthy. It is difficult when that comes at a time when it never used to happen. And so there's like a maybe an inappropriate threshold or a, a different, like not apples to apples, right? So like, are we going to judge Patrick Kane on criteria we didn't for Bobby Hall? Yes, mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. And I'm like less comfortable with that, even though at the heart of it, I like it because I think it's a really healthy place to go. Um, but also there are times where I think to myself, like, this is about the play. Shouldn't it be about the play? And I struggle with that a lot. I struggle with that for how you get awarded for things. And is it about the kind of person you are or is it about like the job that you're doing? Yeah. It's right. like, I, I don't know. It's tough for me because it's like part of me says like, we should probably look more holistically at a person. Right. And say, like, this person's a piece of shit. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not saying that Patrick Kane is BS. I'm just saying, like, in this idea of looking at someone more holistically, like in this any person s- sucks as a human being. In, yeah. Yeah. In, in any sport any you could find situation, any yeah. sport, whatever, like not even sports, professional, right? Like anything. It's kinda yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, this person was great at X, Y, and Z. I mean, you see it in the literary world all the time. All the time writers who have been lauded for literally hundreds of years or at the very least decades were shit people, (laughs) (laughs) but they were great writers. Right. It's really hard sometimes to like, I think to just. Is Hemingway one of those people? Hemingway is absolutely one of those. (laughs) F. Scott Fitzgerald was pretty much a piece of shit. Like these are people who like, you do not want to know these people, (laughs) but (laughs) reading their work is transformative. Sure. Um, and then there are people who are great people and amazing writers. And you're like, that's what we want to see. But it's really hard right. to kind of, I think, separate that out. So for me, it, it's just a, it's just a struggle. And thankfully for everyone, I don't make these decisions. I don't. I'm not on the Hockey Hall of Fame nominating committee for <laughs> right. a reason. Thank God. Um, but it, it is interesting. Of course, that's something I think about. Um, but to me, it's not black and white. It's a gray sure. scale. Yeah. So. Well, I know for like. I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. The, the <laughs> Pro Football Hall of Fame. Those who mm-hmm. vote on the Pro Football Hall of Fame are only supposed to take into account what happens on the field. So and that's like, an interesting. You know, you have a directive, right? Right. That's a so directive. Someone and... like Ray Lewis, who was mm. implicated slash accused of murder, yeah, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. 
because he was so great on the football field. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think they'll retire. I, I'm curious to see how many um, numbers they'll retire from this recent stretch of greatness on the Blackhawks because you they've already re- retired Hosa. They're obviously going to retire 88 and 19 for Taves. How, how many years did Hosa spend with the Blackhawks? Not nearly as many as Kane and Taves have. Because he only I mean, came only to the like team. I mean, only like a handful. No, I, he, been... he was there for all three huh? cups. Um, so he came okay. to the team in the 2009-2010 uh, season. And okay. he was finished after either after 16 or 17. So not not even 10 years. And so that's why it's kind of interesting to me that they did that. But it's it's three Stanley Cups. That's yeah. Okay, fair so and that's why I bring up the point, like how many numbers of those of those guys are they going to retire? Right. Because you have so many of those guys who won three Stanley Cups. Um, Kane Taves, no brainers, 88, and 19. Yeah. Do you retire 10 for Sharp? Do you retire two and seven for Keith think, and Seabrook? Yeah. Like because as a casual fan, I'm like Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all of those guys but, won three cups together. Uh-huh. Well, did Hosa get retired because of his great play for many years with other teams, too? I mean, is that a thing that people do? Um, Only for, like, Wayne Gretzky and but, – but even, here's the thing, like, I think the only number to be retired league-wide in any of the sports, Jackie Robinson, 42. No. Um, or is Gretzky retired league-wide? Did we look this up? Uh, one time? I don't know, but they just retired. Um, oh, my God. Was it Bill Russell? Oh, yes, yes. They Number retired six. him, or they're going to retire him across the NBA this year. They're all wearing six. Right, the patch, but, right. But they're Yeah, but they're going, I think they're going to retire him across the so that's, but, but yeah, no, it's not a ton. I mean, and Jackie Robinson's work, obviously contributions kind of in some ways outside of baseball um, or contributions to the sport, despite incredible odds. Um, but I almost feel like baseball had another one they retired. Am I crazy? No. So uh, by the way, Wayne Gretzky is retired league wide. 99 is, is. retired okay. league wide. Yep. Um, okay. The only other sport who could do that, I think, is basketball with number 23 for Michael. And yet, they're going to do six and not 23. <laughs> and somehow LeBron James will claim number six is for him. Don't get me started. But I'm saying, I mean, there, <laughs> I think there are imminent plans to retire six for, for Bill Russell. Let me, let me Google I'm that real mistaken. quick. Let me Google that real quick. Um, I guess I'll let you Google it and I'll open my next beer. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, Bill Russell re- number retired league-wide. Yeah, they will. You're right. Um, the NBA and oh, National Basketball Players it. Association announced Thursday they would jointly retire the late, or jointly honor, rather, the late Basketball Hall of Famer's legacy by retiring number six across the league. So yeah, you're right. Not just this Thursday. Like no, no, no. Th- yeah, that, that, I was quoting an article. 
Um, Thank you. Okay, good. Right? Like, no. <laughs> but, like, today's Thursday. Like, they just decided that today? No. Um, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I don't think they would do that for Michael Jordan because, yes, he's transformative and um, obviously a, a, I consider him to be the greatest of all time, but um, Bill Russell had more of an impact than Michael Jordan did for different reasons. Bill Russell's the logo. No, Jerry West is the logo. Is he? Oh, you're right. Yep. You're right. I almost thought Bill, I, well, I thought I almost thought I did think Bill <laughs> Russell was the logo for some reason. Huh. Um, we watched, I, I think we talked about this IRL. That means in real life. For the kids. That's what the kids say. That's what the kids yeah. say. <laughs> um, we, we watched the, uh, not 30 for 30, but another documentary on the Fab Five. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Last weekend, and it was lovely. It was um, interesting. Did we not talk about this? In we real we did. Life? We, we did, did. Right? We did. Um, yeah. Okay. Speaking of documentaries, and I, we're getting close on time here, but um, did you guys? I, I can't remember if you said you started Full Swing or haven't started Full Swing, or have, it's on have our watched list. it. Okay. It's probably the next. It's yeah. really good, it's and the they're going to have another season of it coming out next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> of course, you are. <laughs> <laughs> We will be too, I'm sure, once we oh, actually yeah. take a look at Absolutely. it. I'm sure it'll be phenomenal. Um, I look you, forward to it. If you have not watched uh, Full Swing, the golf documentary on Netflix, um, golf is one of those sports where you can really sort of understand the personality of some of these guys um, mm-hmm. because it's so individual um, and their personalities get to be shown, um, especially when you interview them about non-golf stuff. Um, so you get to see into their family lives a little bit. You also get to see how the other half lives. Um, not even the other half, like the 1% with private travel and everything. It's crazy. Um, but yeah. Sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are going to love it. And I'm sure um, season two will be just as good because still, even even with last year and what Liv has done, there's still plenty of drama going on in the world of golf. I don't want to get into it because we could spend some time on it, but um yeah, looking forward to this weekend to the Players' Championship. Uh, looking forward to seeing Indiana tomorrow night. Looking forward to the NCAA tournament. We'll post our brackets. Kelsey will probably beat me again. Uh, and, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So uh, until next time, I'm Brady. And I'm Kelsey. And we'll be back.